Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Critic, we're going to talk some Niagara Region stuff. Hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait for it there, Shandor. Wait for it, my brother. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is a banging intro. That what is, is that intro? That is Jay Beatty. What is that, intro? that is Jay Beatty and crew. Uh, the first one's called... Very nice. The first one's uh, A Deep Dark Hole. And he did that one. Live from St. Catharines. It's a deep dark hole with Jim Fannin. On the premier radio networks. And then uh, and then the and then and the band came in and did this one for me. This is an original. Yeah, it's all me. It's all for me. Uh, Yeah, I can't get tripped. I can't get tripped. The first one was made on a pad right here in the studio. Well, we got strangely hypnotized, uh, three of us. And as the song was being constructed or built or created or invented, whatever word you want to put to it, I was right here going, like, I told them what I wanted. I said, I want something kind of like spooky, like building, like the gargantuan, you know, the gargantua that comes out of the water. Is that the monsters, monster movies? There was red and green gargantuans. Is that what they were? The monster movies? And he comes out of the ocean. It's just rising, like monstrous and rising. And as he was building it, I go, that's it. That's that's it. Then he'd add another track and another track and some like... Absolutely genius. I need one of those pads. Thank you, Jay Beatty. I'm forever mentioning him on the show and forever grateful for that. You know, that turned in a cool little intro for me. So now I just need a like a more creative video stinger. You know what I mean? But anyway, welcome to whatever we're going to call this. What are, what are we doing tonight, brother? Hanging out? It's a Friday night. We're talking about regional council being in dysfunction. Mm, you presented, the meeting went till 1 a.m. yesterday. And you presented uh, it. I today. clipped it. I clipped part of your presentation and put it up. I see you put the whole thing up. I'm presented to regional council. Thanks. Yeah. <sighs> it went all right. I didn't know I could zoom on my face, though, at the time, so my head was tiny. Look at this. You can zoom. Look at this. <laughs> That's better. Did you know you can do this? <laughs> Doesn't work on you my like, screen. You like headroom? 
I, like, I, I need a little headroom because like I'm, I'm the video director, right? So I, I need that headroom yeah. at the top. So this is this is how the media presents a story. And this is the story. <laughs> I'm having fun tonight, Jim. It's good to be with you. I don't get out much. <laughs> We're on lockdown. All right. Well, I've got until the acid kicks in and then... All bets are off. So. <laughs> we're in big trouble. All bets are off, dude. You, you see, you see, because my I have a resting bitch face that's mostly down. I notice, like in my interviews, if I'm just, you know, if I'm just plain face, I have. I always, I didn't think I had one of those faces, but you know, those people that when they're resting bitch face, it's down. Some people have a resting bitch face that looks like they're happy. And you're those, those are the people that you say to all the time. Dude, do you ever get yeah. do you, you ever get depressed? Do you ever get angry? Please. Like, what's your problem? Wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> well, should we have a topic? Do we care? What's the topic? What's been on your mind? You've been watching the madness. Uh, I think. Well, thanks to you. Would that be corresponding? I haven't. Uh, I've only been recently brought back to the municipal and regional levels of government. I just don't care what they do anymore right i uh i know it's the closest to me and probably the most important i just could really give a rat's ass because it, to me um so many of the positions are ceremonial you look at walter senzik in st Catharines, and he's got a left-wing council that does whatever they want <laughs> he's got he if he had an agenda he wouldn't be able to push it anyway walter senzik's done absolutely nothing since he's been elected this is his second term he did create a, one hell of a hashtag compassionate city or some shit like this and so i can i cannot be angry or disappointed with anything that wally senzik has done because he hasn't done a damn thing First, when he came in, he had this. He, I know he's got this one Niagara vision, right? He's always talked about it in the business community. Amalgamate. He amalgamated the St. Catharines Thorold Chamber of Commerce, um, and basically, he didn't amalgamate anything. He just renamed it the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce because none of the chambers would come with them because he was a strong arm dude as the GM or the executive director, whatever they call him, at the Chamber of Commerce, right? And he was trying to push this agenda. Nobody bought into it. So they're the greater St. Catharines Thorold Niagara <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I heard this. I'm not sure, and it doesn't really matter. But was he the GM of the Grape and Wine Board when they changed and reimagined themselves into the Niagara Wine Festival instead of the Grape and Wine Festival, like everyone calls it and knows it by? What a failure that whole thing was. Uh, is. You know, Grape and Wine continues to under-impress all the time, and I've been critical of them for years. So I've only just come back That's to it. I've really got nothing to be upset about Walter about except standing up and saying, you know, dog whistle for white supremacy to Dave Bilsma. That's that's right. That's Bush. That's Bush. Yeah. Well, I mean, last night. And when he uh, first came in, just let me finish up. When he boss. first came in, he they had an open seat. I think they wanted to try and work it uh, double uh, dual duty or something. They were calling it. 
so that that their seat would go uh it would be a regional and city seat and i saw that as the wedge to one niagara and i was on the um agenda for 12 communities i was on the agenda at 12 city halls to present against that that idea of having a dually dual direct elected you know representative they were represented the region in this in the city it's just can can we just abort the region all right this is what i've always said and if anyone knows jim diodati uh i'm sure he's not listening but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him to steal man for me the argument that we should disband the region as a governance body we can turn it into a service provider we a bulk buyer a provider of you know whatever water waste systems whatever we can amalgamate a bunch of this you know and take that off the cities and then just let the cities rule themselves man because the region has no idea what's good for fort erie as compared to niagara and the lake yeah they got represented but it's so dysfunctional it's so bloated it's a bureaucratic mess and we could we could cancel a whole bunch of fat cats and counselors that really are putting on a show to make themselves look good this is what we do now in covid right we make it look like we're doing stuff we pass laws that are, don't mean anything like the mask bylaw extension last night absolutely but dangerous the whole way through right so I've only just recently come back to this, and then of course Grant LaFleche pulls me back in because, well, he's just being an absolute dolt out there as far as biased media coverage. And you know, I was broadcasting last night because I, you know, I have to push myself to do my Thursday night shows because I, you know, I haven't been feeling well for a long time, and uh, it takes a lot out of me, right? So I really got to talk myself into rolling. And then you said you were going. And I ended up going two hour, over two hours last night in a monologue, basically, just rambling about stuff that I'm so deeply passionate about. People think, well, you come out here, you, oh, you just want, you like to hear your voice. No, I'm hurting, okay? I'm fucking broken, and I'm bothered by all this stuff, and I can't believe that you guys are just buying into it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not the only one. There's some people that think like me, but... I'm just broken hearted that people are walking around in the lake at the beach with a freaking mask on their face. They're masking their children. And and Shandor, I don't I don't want to blow, you know, too much up your ass as far as smoke, but or praise you too much, but you actually made a huge difference for me, you know? You were on me. You've been on me for years to come on as the Brock bug and I kind of just eh, 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 I don't know, Brock, you know, I know it's it's very, you know, you're talking about uh, you know important issues but and then when you hit the scene with where, where I guess it was with the masks and then I interviewed you and then I got to go, to go I got to go meet your wife and child and dude I don't know if you know this but I'm telling you now in case you don't how much that meant to me first of all I am like obsessed with children. I don't have them like to the point of some, you know, people going, Hey, you shouldn't talk like that. I'm like, Oh, I don't care. I love them, you know, in a good, innocent way. I just, I'm fascinated by them, their innocence and everything. So we do our little, little interview. I don't really know who the hell you are. You do a nice interview. We go out and meet your lady and your young son. He's gorgeous. And he's kids love me. They all love me. Okay. 
not, I haven't met one kid. That do, well, yeah, their face laugh. changes, and I, you know, I talk to them like they're an adult mostly. And um, anyway, so you said to me there, as I'm cooing and con, he's coughing and spitting and laughing all over me. <laughs> I, you go, uh, you know, they're going to pass this bylaw. We knew it was going to go together. They had the votes. And, uh, yeah, then my son there, he's uh, eight months old. And when this bylaw is over, he'll be over a year old, and he will have not seen a human's expression except my me and my parents and my wife's parents. Yeah. My, I say so your wife. You know what I mean. Yeah. And it broke me. <laughs> right then and there, I was like, you know, like I've been, th I've been saying, this is causing mental health. I, I, I equate it to putting what we've done. We've laid a blanket of, of pain on everyone in North in the, in the world, but North America. I'm talking about the states and Canada, at least you know that I know well, and I study and I watch. We put this blank, this this heavy, wet blanket of pain on people. Some are feeling it more than others. I'll give you that. Um. What do people do when they're in pain? I see it in myself. I struggle with it because I know I'm, I can see my mental pain. I can see my, my hate, my anger building, and I can see the narratives programming people. And, and, then, you, and then you take my living from me, and then you take my family from me, and then you take my hobbies and everything I loved from me. You take it all. What the? F what am I now? I'm fucking genocidal, like a murderess. Like that's not a good way to live, man. It's not a good way to live. What do you mean by that? You're saying that's the depth of your anger, but don't I get mean, yourself being, in more trouble. I'm being what are you talking about? figurative, obviously. I'm not, you know, yeah, planning. You, uh, you, you know, but uh, you want to go to war to defend? And, uh, hey, defend I'm one life. of the lucky ones. Like, really, I like, I don't, like, yeah, I've had some, oh my God, don't talk to me about my businesses, but I'm one of the very fortunate ones as far as I can tell. I got people jumping out windows and killing themselves, uh, you know, right. getting their heart exploded by Chinese fentanyl, under 25 years old, a couple. I got, you know, a buddy of mine, well, he was sick, but... He scheduled his death, and I didn't fucking know about it. Like, he had his, he had some right. issues, and he scheduled an assisted suicide. And like, fuck, we were supposed to do shit next week. <laughs> Holy fuck! What do you mean he's gone? You know, uh, there's a lot of pain out there, and I'm the least of the examples of that. I think I'm suffering a little bit. Yeah, I've got some. You know, there's been an impact on me, but not nearly, not nearly what a lot of these people are going through. And you know what? Well, you, you know, you know how, you know, just let me wrap up pain. by saying this is that yeah. the people that know nothing about suffering are the ones that are making all the rules right now. All these politicians, they haven't suffered a thing. They're not worried about their mortgage payments, their business. They're not worried about, for the most part, their mental health as a result of having those two things in place. And we're living in, a, in an absolute um, fascist state 
where and my heart again breaks for this in such a way that so many people will just do what the state tells them no questions no research like the research is coming in now on masks they don't do shit like i've been saying that since the beginning i'm not i'm not the brightest guy like i try to stay up on my stuff i'm not stupid either but now the studies are coming in where they've done side by each mandates versus non there's nothing no difference and i think that they're causing mental health issues and i think we'll have long-term uh lung issues it's it's obviously you're reducing the oxygen flow you don't you don't want a filter on your breathing apparatus you dumb f- sheep yeah miser here thank you from uh, d live sheep are programmed no critical thinking but i you know i never it, i don't know why i'm surprised because i must be surprised because i'm broken hearted by it right if i if i wasn't surprised i'm like oh yeah stupid humans <laughs> But yeah, so anyways, that's a little bit about where I'm at. Sorry to ramble, but it's Friday night and I've had a drink. <laughs> oh, I'm on a I'm on a drinking broadcast with Jim Fan and folks. I'm I've, in trouble I've, tonight. I've had, no, you done, I've, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I've had a drink. I, I mean, appreciate you sharing that with Just me. one shot in this leader okay, of Okay, <laughs> all right. All right. You can say the F word, Jim. It's all right. No, I'm trying to clean that up. I'm trying to clean that up because, you know, using language like I use does not help the message. And I can be funny without swearing. But when I get passionate and I lose my, when I get passionate, period, I let it rip. And I say whatever is there. And I do normally have a filthy mouth, except when it comes to the, you know, the JFC and the the GD, you know, the Lord's name in vain, the God damnants and the Jesus fucking Christs and stuff like that. I, yeah, it kind of makes my skin crawl. So I don't say those words because if I ever did, it would make my own skin crawl. So anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about what you're up to and how is your family, man? What's the impact been on you before we get deep into regional politics and media bias and whatnot? And actually, you're going to carry this. I'm going to put you full screen. I'm going to mute my mic. And I got to go make a drink. I said enough. You can carry this for the next seven oh, well. minutes. Don't leave me languishing here. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm not going to necessarily go on and on about my family. We're doing well um, enough. Um, I'm not suffering acutely. <laughs> the future is um, concerning. I, I think just responding to what you were saying earlier and um, about, well, you said uh, to, to improve the discourse. Yeah. I think that it's too, there's too much on the line. There's too much at stake to uh, uh, be frivolous with our words. And so I've been, I've been, I think I'm, I maybe have been frivolous with peeling up stickers, but uh do since then i've been extremely careful with my words and um i think i've put the public through a bit of a bit of a head a head twist because it's the clown making the best points peeling up stickers was an act it was a clown like act and yet well, you think uh, obviously obviously you think you're carrying a little bit of radical baggage into your presentation or when you introduce yourself because you've already been no, you know made uh, popular like or aware. 
That's what? It's almost an asset because it reduces the expectations. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, yeah, see, when I'm talking to you, I don't even, I'm not even considering that anyone that you're talking to at regional council has any clue about that. So I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't think about it. I figure, I mean, they went around the circles with a lot of snickering and laughing like, oh, this guy, oh, what kind of father is he going to be? And, you know, like it it went around. I I don't know if regional councilors um, cared enough to know about that news story, but it was the news of the day in August last year. And it did go viral and it was a, um, it was a major demarcation point between my previous life and my, my life after that. Okay. Let's, um, let's, socially. let's talk about that then, because we've got some time tonight, right? Just go into what happened and the idea behind it. What broke for you where you're like, okay, let's go. I'm doing this. I think I had a sense that following my instinct would have been, it was like pursuing a dream. And so back in April, the day after my son was born, I was sent to Shoppers Drug Mart to to get some supplies. And the experience was extremely disorienting. There were, that was the first time I saw stickers on the ground. This was mid-April and there were stickers. And I'm like, we're being told, like sort of cow-like, told to, where to stand. It's like uh, Looney Tunes, you're told where to stand. And it, it got to me. Uh, it upset me and bothered me. And I had wished at the time that I could I could uh, peel, peel them up. I just wished I could. And then I didn't because you can't, you know. And I went about my life and it was, it was April. So it was, it was brand new in the pandemic. So the discourse, I didn't want to take a, a stand. I, I went on Twitter and I, or Facebook and I said, you know, I don't believe in this, which caused social social fallout, which we've been dealing with all year, of course. And then by the time August rolled around, um, I had the inspiration to just pursue that vision that I had in my mind in April. Uh, and then, then I did. And it wasn't really a big deal. Um, it was very interesting to become the virus. So I went viral. I engineered myself to go viral. So I engineered myself as a virus. And it wasn't a very it wasn't a very viral meme, but it was still viral. It did it did probably a few hundred thousand people were exposed to it. And that brought in a lot of uh negative attention, a lot of positive attention. And it also psychologically hardened me. It, it once you've been through the fire, you're not really as afraid of uh what people think anymore um, because you can't be. So that's part of the advantage of being infamous or being post shame. I consider myself to be post shame, which means all of the shame games that people throw. It's like, if you have a good sense of who you are and what you're about then other people's words, their shame games, they, they can't be, they can't mean anything. Of course, we have a social structure. And so in society, people's reputations uh, are built around people's perceptions. And that's probably probably a good thing. Um, however, well, the point is, once you break through and you're post-shame, then you don't have that much left to lose. So a lot of people are like, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my reputation with my family or my friends. I don't want to speak up. It's more trouble than it's worth um, and all those things. 
But eventually, well, once you've already gone through the process, uh, you've got nothing left to lose. And I think that's kind of where the outcasts are. You know, I consider myself ideologically, I'm politically homeless. Um, I, I consider ideology itself to be problematic. Not, not just which ideology, but ideology in general, you know, well, you're back. Sorry. It's, it's hard to talk to myself. That's why I never do it. That's why I need you, Jim. I need to speak. I've been back you. for a while. You can see me. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're good. A good idea how that goes. So did you, dis so the, basically what broke for you was your child was born. Is that yeah, when everything changed? Skin in the game. And then, well, and then you was, decide oh, I'm going to put, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm going to put something at stake. I'm going to put some skin in the game, as you say, yeah. And then, oh, I want to tell you a quick story, Jim. All right. I'll tell you a quick story to really put this in context. So there's this guy named Derek Soberall. Derek Soberall was an was an Occupy Toronto, Occupy Canada organizer, and in April of 2020, he reportedly set himself on fire oh you got to hear this story jim you got to hear the story you got to know the story jim come on back i know he's got a drink he's got to take a leak dude i can hear still story hear the story stop chirping i told you if i leave my chair it's all good don't panic i'm right here keep going all right you can hear i can hear yeah <laughs> this is an important story to me it affected me a lot so basically what happened is Derek overall was an activist with occupy canada and uh Reportedly, he set himself on fire and killed himself uh, uh, going up against the lockdowns in April of 2020. And by the time August of 2020 rolled around, I was feeling pretty upset. And instead of setting myself on fire, instead of going on a killing spree, I peeled up some stickers. That's what I did. Because I calculated that I had limits and that I wasn't willing to sacrifice my whole life to make a point. Derek Soberall reportedly, I say reportedly because <laughs> he reportedly doused himself in flames and stabbed himself to death. And he has two kids. On the day he said he wouldn't kill himself as he went on a rant on Facebook. Uh, you know, it affected me. It kind of sounds like if Chris Guy was reported to have done that, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, is that his name? Chris Guy? Oh, Chris Guy is a contemporary, just say no, great. Yeah, I know, but currently. that's the kind of guy that goes missing and they go, oh, suicide, he lit himself on fire. Like, you know, that's right. how that is. That, that, that is essentially <laughs> the implication I'm drawing, yeah, um, regarding this. And I met Derek. I gave him one of my CDs back in 2015. Uh, I gave him one of my rap CDs. And Dude, you because rap? Because we had been, you don't know that I'm a... a Terrible rapper. You don't know. I have a whole no. repertoire. Oh, you have to. I'm Dude, you have to embarrass the hell out of both of us uh, of us tonight and and break out some beats. Oh, you're gonna love it. Well, <laughs> uh, this is why I'm post cringe. This is why I'm post shame. I'm telling. I literally go on stage and make bad poems. To the acid you know, is definitely kicking in because I think you just told me you were going to rap on my show tonight, and this is awesome. Max Axiom. No, I'm not going to rap on your show. All right. I'm, I hung up the microphone, <laughs> but it's good. 
Cool. Yeah, I got some good stuff. You check it out. Sorry sometime. to interrupt, but I'm glad I did because that's important. You'll love my music I, video with Sheldon. With yeah, it? You'll yeah. love it. You'll just you'll lose your mind about that. Really? Yeah. It's well, I'm a, I'm a pretty quality. I'm a pretty big Shelby fan. I will give you that. Yeah, she's a great singer, and she's a, she's a producer. It's, we got together because we both produce music and videos and and so forth. All I know is when you, you know? look at a child like yours, like. If the mother's not immediately, a, you know, present, I'm like, where is she? <laughs> you don't make beautiful children like that by being ugly. <laughs> I don't know. They must have skipped your gene. Go on, Shandor. Ben, must have been. What are we talking about? Are you looking at music? No, anyway, so I gave him my CD. It, he meant something to me, although he was just a guy. But he meant something to me, and what he went through reportedly was very troubling to me and, and I'm just trying to draw a distinction between myself and uh, how extreme one could be um, because truly this is fascist. Truly they have locked down the, the life cycle. They, they're affecting the, the first five years last the rest of your life. That's what they say. And my son is now one years old and this lockdown is promising to be forever? I don't know. Anyway, so I mean, it's a bit stressful. And so, so Jim, what I've tried to do is since January 6th, which was the, obviously the Capitol riot. And since January 20th, I, I've, all of the, all of the federal level, big level politics has been way over my head. We've spent what, since 2017, we spent three years, four, three or four years arguing about high-level political debate on the national and international stage. And we got our asses kicked. We lost. And we ignored, we ignored the local scene. Uh, we all, we just, know, it's so boring. The local scene is so, like, drag your eyes out. It's just horribly boring. Which is why I'm supposedly, that's why I'm here today, is to talk about the local scene. But my point is, I felt that I've been much more effective with my time by focusing on specific local issues. I'm a journalism graduate. I'm not an epidemiologist. So me complaining about masks, not too persuasive. Me, me complaining about viruses, not too persuasive. But me talking about media, which is literally what I went to college for and literally what I do all the time. It's what I do. So. I don't do it professionally. I don't, I'm not a professional media person, but I do have some, I can, the point is to stick to your wheelhouse for myself was to, and that's why I went much more local. And so I started WTF Niagara after the February 13th story, when Alicia Herter and others were smeared by Grant LaFleche. And I talked about it at the region yesterday. Uh, at the region, there was a, a motion put forward to support local journalism and the way the motion was written i didn't understand uh what that meant and so i went and i spoke and i was pretty happy with with the results of it because i didn't have to you know sh talk too much it's really it's sometimes the worst thing to do is to talk too much I, yeah i've learned that uh give me some more headroom you're killing me as a video director i need some more headroom cut your right. forehead in half Okay, go. so, uh, yeah, just a little, just a little above your headroom means an inch at the top. 
between your head I and the I can't. My, my tripod here is... That's headroom. That's headroom. It's a little too much, but that's okay. That's good. All right. Um, Hi, Jim. I got... Let's get... I'm down. trying not to take things too seriously tonight, Jim. Uh, just uh, be personable and real and... Heck, we... Th- we take a lot of things seriously in this world, don't we? I'm okay with that. Uh, well, I appreciated your work yesterday. Oh, now I'm sharing this screen. Man. I am like I am like a bad, bad producer, but if I don't do this, let's see how long I can play this. Like this, so let's get down, let's get down to business. <laughs> Love it. That is the. You gotta have that on a soundboard. Oh, you gotta, I love you it. A soundboard with that one, just. Crunk beats. God bless my little brother. Once in a while, he gives me some well, great so tunes. So part of the issue was, well, uh, you know, you're you're an alternative media platform looking to monetize, I was, looking to. I was actually you know, interested in your reference to me last night at the presentation which i appreciated and didn't expect um again as i was broadcasting if i had had if we had had our stuff together i could have very easily picked it up i broadcast for over two hours last night and i could just kind of yeah, logged into the lost main. your mind waiting for waiting for the turn. no you could have said i'm no, going now i would have cut over to the video and watched it or i could watch it in delay but anyway i clipped uh, the part oh, where you mentioned the, do it. i'm like well you described yourself as a concerned citizen and uh Media critic, I thought that, you know, sometimes, like, I know you're a media critic, but I don't think to refer to you as one until you say it. Like, you know, sometimes I just need to, like, you are a media critic, but I would never describe you that way until you did yourself the other night and yesterday, last night. And then also, I'm like, alternative media? Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I trust you to get it right because, because you you most often do get it right so i do trust you to get it right so i hear alternative media oh yeah yeah what's prob- wrong with that no he's probably right all right uh miser well, my, my uh, miser hang on one second miser on d live uh i don't know dude ma'am uh this is two days in a row we've met like this so you might want to be careful uh, Jennifer Marco, the stickers still drive me loony. Uh, Moon Goddess, what up? Paul Layton's in the house. Something about Fannin's hole. Oh, Robert George. <laughs> uh, dual duty. Matt Harris would take it. Yeah, they put Matt Harris actually was the was the guy that they suggested take the dual duty. <laughs> he would take the dual duty. That I like Matt Harris. Matt Harris is not taking my calls lately or returning my messages. Just saying. He always would. Sheep are programmed no critical thinking. We went over that moon goddess. 100% she agrees. Miser, you were surprised by their extended programming. I think we hit that. And then Miser... Hits me with a Peppy the Frog. I love Peppy. Yes, we all need to focus. This moon goddess. Yes, we all need to focus on the local community, businesses, politicians, media, etc. Yeah. I mean, you made a good point there. I have never been interested in American politics until Trump. Not because of Trump, but because 
Like I wasn't a guy that watched him come down the elevator. I didn't, I did predict he was going to win. Um, and I didn't have, I wasn't married to it. I wasn't like rooting him on. Like, I don't remember being all that much of a fan, but then slowly, very gradually. As people misrepresented everything. Well, yeah, I found myself in a position of defending him because all the clips that the mainstream media were talking about were clipped out of context, all of them to make him look horrible. 100%. And so I found myself That's just coming to, to his defense because he didn't really say that or he said this in this context right. and you edited it out. And so and then and that way, was the first thing and then he started on both sides. he started busting my guts. Like he's outra- he's outrageous. Right. And the consummate entertainer. Yeah, a guy like me that really appreciates an anti-establishment leader. Can you imagine? Right. Like he's the first, well, I don't know. I I don't know the history of presidents, but anti-establishment and president don't usually go together. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all, they all fall Not in line. Life, Barack Obama hurts. had all these plans. We had so much hope for him. He didn't get anything done. All he did was divide America, you know? And, and then it turns out he was evil like spying on Trump and all that kind of stuff. So first he first it was the first they made me reluctant reluctantly defend him because they were taking him out of context. Then I was starting to find him funny. And then everything he was talking about and every all his actions that he took, I was like, okay, well yeah, a wall at the southern border sounds reasonable because you want to control the flow of illegal traffic. I like the way he dealt with China. I don't know no one still can, no Trump hater can tell me anything that they would have done differently that Trump had done, if they know the timeline. Like when he, you know, declared an emergency, when he canceled the flights to Europe, when he canceled the flights to China. Like he took some serious, like when he, when he came out in the press conference and said, I'm closing all flights to Europe, my, like I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Like that, I was like, whoa, you know, and... So I just fell in line with this immigration thing. Look what we got on the border now. Nothing but a a big chocolate mess. And so I just found myself, and I've had a red pilling over the last five years. So it wasn't, it was, you know, Trump helped with that, I guess, because I was leaning more moderately or to the right. Guns. You know, like more gun laws aren't making safer communities. We know this. Bad guys use guns. They don't have permits. Stop it. Stop going after legal citizens. And, you know, when 911 happened, 911, sorry, I thought we'd go back to our churches, our schools, our gardens, our dinner parties, and our families. Like, really get in tune with what is important. And we did kind of, but then we didn't. And then they took all the liberties in the states. You know, you get the. Homeland Security thing was brought in. What a waste of money that's become probably. You know, just a bloated bureaucracy. They have all these, these liberties gone everywhere. Freedom, spying, they can, you know, they can come in. Like, I mean, unbelievable. And people just were like, oh, well, we're doing it in the name of terrorism to keep us safe or whatever. Most of the sheep went along with it. And then bit by bit by bit by bit, they just keep taking it. And now, now look at us. Now, 
Now they're preventing us from crossing yeah, the provincial borders. Was built for us. So. They, they exploited uh, the fear. They exploited fear of 9/11 and xenophobic fear of 9/11, and they built an anti-terror apparatus for what they said was Islamo-fascists. But it turns out it's for all of us. We are now the insurgents. Uh, which is probably why they had a general leading the vaccine distribution. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that what you've gone through is reflective of what I've gone through, which is probably why we're friends. So, were you a lefty? I'm uh, very relatable. Are you back from being a lefty or like you? Am, am I a, am I a, are you a, am red, I a Canadian? No, in, no, are, no. Are you a red pilled, uh, former progressive? I don't know. Were you progressive it's, it's, before? I mean, Were you a lefty? Until, what do I? I mean, I don't know what those terms mean now. Well, do, am I a 2021 lefty? No. No. A 2010 lefty? Yeah. No. I was, Did I like I Barack Obama? Lefty. No. Did I believe his bullshit? No. Hmm. <laughs> In 2008? No. Did I like John McCain? No. <laughs> uh, I joined. I, I went to journalism as an anti-war reporter. That was my goal. Uh, it was 2003, and I thought that the Iraq War was absolutely unnecessary and contrived, and a human crime against humanity. And I thought that people should that I should participate by being a journalist. And I guess that was a little idealistic. I mean, by the time I finished journalism, I, I realized that the industry was pro-war it's pro-establishment whatever the agenda is and uh yeah war sells papers man war is good for business right and that's another thing i liked about trump he was the most peaceful president of our of our time like he literally you know he was sending a a, a squad to iran he he called them off he could have very easily just dropped bombs right and he uh He's de-escalated all the peace agreements in the Middle East. I don't understand the, the, the Jewish-Palestinian thing, you know, the Arab-Palestinian thing. I really don't. As a lefty, I used to come down on the side of the Palestinians. Like, what, well, what do you think What do you is going to happen if you keep people in an open-air jail and control everything, including water and food, that goes in and out? What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, they're going to throw Scud missiles at you every chance they get. <laughs> but I don't have a deep knowledge of it. But as, as a lefty, I was, you know, and, uh, you know, Gavin McKenna said the other day, you can't be anti-Israel without being anti-Semitic. And I really disagree with that. You know, I disagree with Israel on a lot of things. Anyways, we're not going there. Uh, talk, uh, let's shift gears into why we came here. You, uh, I thought, had a really solid uh, presentation. For those that haven't seen it, you can go to WTF Niagara. It's a group on Facebook. Um, I th is it a self-contained clip, just your presentation, at 10 minutes? Uh, That's I, correct. I like Rob Foster. I've had him on the show before. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's like a... a uh, he called you Sandor, and he said, "I think I, I think I'm a massacred. I massacred. I massacred your last name." And you're not like, no, you hit it perfectly. And I'm shouting in the background, "It's Shandor!" <laughs> 
Anyways, he stepped into the chair well, when uh, nice Chair thing. Bradley excused himself because it was his motion you were speaking to, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Was... That's correct. I really do like Jim Bradley, but I feel like Jim Bradley knows procedure and Robert's rules and everything that we use in, inside a council. He should know it inside and out. I mean, Jim Bradley is a seasoned veteran. So to see him decline like he obviously has obviously he's getting older i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i I really do like jim bradley he's always been very kind to me regardless of you know his you know you know official statements to the contrary i think jim bradley actually is a guy that knows me pretty well you know he's he's seen me in many elections on many different sides of issues and uh but to see him really grasping like Tim Rigby is guilty of this too. I really like Tim Rigby. I don't agree hardly with anything he says or does uh, at council, but he just like Tim Rigby should know what process is. Tim Rigby is always the guy is like, what are we doing here? Are we speaking to an inmet? No, you can't. No, that comes later in the agenda, Tim. No, but I want to say this now. No, Tim, it's like later. It comes later, you know? And I found uh, Jim a little a little like that last night, you know, like helplessly flailing to the clerk and going, um, where am I? Anyways, give us a give us the rundown of uh, yeah. what yeah. what brought you there, well, and then, hey, dude, uh, you know, if you've got your presentation handy, you know, if you could just hit all the points that you hit in that presentation, that would be helpful. I don't know how you're going to approach this, but uh, tell us a little bit about what led up to it, anyway. Well, for Let's me, it was there. an opportunity to speak to, to speak to council in a way that was um, not the controversy they would expect. Um, something that's not particularly um, controversial. I mean, all it is is a motion about supporting local media. I mean, when I say not controversial, it's not like muzzling our children or anything. Um, it has a different tone of discourse and so i was i thought it was a good opportunity for me specifically as a media critic who's focused on local journalism in the last two months to 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 bring it forward and so i brought forward the story of the february 13th story and i and i also mentioned that bilesma and diodati were raked over the coals for agreeing to come on, on your show and and so i said like hey you can feel what you want to feel about that decision but the Niagara Dailies took a sharp editorial slant uh, in response to that issue, revealing, I think, very clearly their bias. That's why also, I mean, we can also, I can I can add now the comments about Oosterhof being in that editorial. Um, and obviously, the the St. Catherine Standard, the, the media apparatus, which the St. Catherine Standard represents now, um, has a very distinct political bias. And I don't think that they shouldn't have a bias because everyone not, has a right to their own. Not only do they have a political bias, just no to interrupt for a second, is that as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, they're guilty of letting their um, feelings get in the way. Like there's a personal dislike for certain personalities and their narrative and what, they, what they're selling 
uh, maybe the political party mm-hmm. that they're involved with, maybe the people they hang around with, and maybe the language that they use, myself included. It, the, the standard seems to be guilty editorially of letting their feelings drive the news. I think it's more cynical than that. I think that feelings are merely the manipulative tools. Uh, it's not that they have feelings. They have readers, and readers have clicks. Click Readers have feelings. So if you want to talk about whose feelings are being played on, it's the readers. You know, I, what we saw last week was someone actually said that, you're, that coming on your show is the kind of thing that leads to eight women getting shot. Like the uh, the shooting two weeks ago in, in America. So the, the media creates like these little tiny meta moments and then the reader puts it together together in their head and then brings that back out. And it's, they've created an, an, a, uh, an environment of discourse which is entirely toxic uh, or they're profiting from. I don't wanna say they've created it. They're profiting from, they're exacerbating an entirely toxic environment. And I mean, I've been, it's practically a cottage industry to take screenshots of, of hot takes of people who have been completely manipulated by the media. And when I say the media, look, I think that there's a competition problem in Niagara regarding local media. Um, and in Canada, really, who is the conservative media in Canada? Um, conservative that's just to use a term to draw a, a competition no i think i think that they take on your naughty language because in a way it's elitism it's it that kind of that kind of locker room talk that kind of bar bar talk that kind of populist the way people actually talk talk that's not acceptable that they have a sterilized creamed down uh, language system, uh, and and so and that's part of a. It's I don't want to call it indoctrination, but it's part of the inculcation where where you have, you know, it's like being groomed into a into a society, and so they want to control the competition. You, Jim, you represent competition, and me, I guess, you know, if I took it seriously, I could represent competition. We could represent competition. So no wonder they're going to pick on your words and to represent you as not good enough because they want you to believe that, first of all. They want to get in your head and make you quit so that you they don't have to defeat you. You defeat yourself. So so fuck them <laughs> um, and and keep doing you. Uh, the, that's my point about... I'm tired, so tired. These guys in the, in the media me. is... is <laughs> the industry has shrunk like a thousand and fifty percent in the last 20 years you see so they're everyone's desperate for whatever job they have and they know that they have to toe the line to have their job well you mean the media industry what are we talking about but sixty thousand dollars a year eighty thousand dollars a year what kind of jobs are these probably not even that okay just to have a seat at the table of the media you know i'm i am when I was 15 years old, I was in a program called Cyber Arts because I was very gifted in media. In fact, my whole generation was told the media is the future and you can have a seat at the table. And so I became a bit of an expert. Uh, 
I have a talent in it. Um, I think I made a good point there about them getting in your head or getting in my head and saying, you're not good enough. Don't take yourself seriously. Don't be the competition. You couldn't possibly compete with us. Fuck off. I, in my bedroom, I decimated the Niagara Dailies in the last six weeks because of the February 13th story. And I, I've never asked for a single patron or anything, and I probably would never will. Because it's just, I'm, I'm doing it because they're hurting people with lies. You know, and there's, I really get nothing out of it. In fact, it hurts, it hurts me because I'm not working on my projects as an artist and as a de de developer and designer. So that's, that's an issue. Uh, that's an issue for all of us that have a passion that doesn't pay. Yeah, nobody knows I'm a video game programmer. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, nobody knows that I actually have a life. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I'm a father. You know, I, what do you play? Eh, I appreciate Jim. That you, Are you a rapper? That's yeah, not that a musician. Talk. Oh, you play guitar. Oh, good man. I, I can play the D chord. Yeah. Act excited. I bet you can play the decor. <laughs> Thank you. That's better. <laughs> so you made. Uh, I'm having fun. Uh, Are we I had to uh, about this dysfunctional region. I had Mark Emery on today. Point uh, and laugh, folks. Point and laugh. Everything Mark Emery said today in my interview with him was. You breaking up? No, I'm not breaking up. You breaking up? I'm not breaking up. You breaking up? Breaking up What's is that? hard to do. Jim is a, a kick-butt drummer. I don't know. I'm I'm good, man. I'm, I'm breaking up. Yeah, are it's you? It's not you, it's me. Okay. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> let's get down. Let's get down to business. Jim is a kick-butt drummer. Yeah, except there's no evidence of it. Uh, Matthew James Blake was, is going to hang with me there tomorrow. You, go. you got me? Uh, sometime after three o'clock, he's going to play. We're going to do a show. He's going to, he's going to drop some, some jewels and I, I think I'm going to play drums. Why not? He's got no video though. Okay. Just audio. That's it. I don't want anyone seeing me. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, MJ came over the other day. We had a few in the house. I don't want to out them, but one is on the broadcast right now commenting. Uh, <laughs> and um, MJ broke out um, Wrong Damn Girl. So it could be... It could be <laughs> because he was on the guitar, the acid is definitely kicking in now. And we will, we're going to be tripping on acid tomorrow night too. Uh, actually, I'm not tonight, but maybe tomorrow we will be. Um, wait, 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 hold on a sec. Wrong damn girl. Are you, he was. Are you he's yeah, I've got a couple. You want acid on the Fanning show right now? I've got a couple hits of blotter, and I'm not afraid of doing them. So I'm not dropping the whole thing because I don't want to trip balls. But if. <laughs> if. <laughs> wow. My plan is yeah. to pick up MJ tomorrow at. 3 p.m. I'm bringing them straight back okay. here. And if we're, we'll probably get a show done and out of the way first. But if we happen to drop like a quarter hit, I think it'd be interesting to do a show where we start out straight and then an hour and a half later we're tripping balls on Sid. Like even if it's a quarter hit, it's still 
like you still can't wipe the smile off your face and everything is funny and i'm not sure that anyone else will find it funny but i think it would be great to go okay here's an experiment we're broadcasting okay. live and we're dropping oh a teams now <laughs> i'm not sure what's real in this context but Oh, I'm amused. I'm completely serious, dude. I did acid two years ago for the first time as an adult. Did a lot in high school. Like every weekend in grade 10. Laser Floyd. Tripping balls. Never had a bad trip ever. And uh, a couple years ago on New Year's Eve, I think I had one hit or whatever, and a buddy of mine split a half. And, uh, well... Several hours later, we took the other half. We were, we were having a lot of fun. And I woke up the next day. My stomach was sore from laughing. My face was sore from smiling. I wasn't hung over. Well, we didn't drink that much. But you had, I don't know if you've ever done Sid before, but you have that little, uh, it's hard to describe how you feel the next day. It's not brain dead not like I some drugs. Anyway, so anyway, MJ's going to play live for us tomorrow. I'm excited about that. I'm not sure how we got down that rabbit hole. But it's Friday night. It's Friday night, which is why I did not take this interview seriously in the way that, like, hey, let's watch some clips. Don't say that. I got some and clips for you, folks. I got I'm, screenshots. I'm taking this. Clips. I'm taking this. Google it, folks. I'm taking this very seriously. And WTF uh, Niagara. Oh, shit. Got ten WTF viewers Niagara. total across all web all platforms. Oh no, we got ten up here on uh, Facebook. Anyways, thanks well, for I, checking I, us out. Maybe point, I, I just don't know how to make serious points. I don't know how to make any serious points at this point. So we'll just we'll yeah. just ride it out. Here. here, here. Try 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 doing it now. Making serious points? Yeah. Channel Big Follow, I'm here to make some serious points. Let's no, get I, down, let's get down to business. Yeah, I mean, well, it, we're in a bit of a uh, loosey goosey interview right now, so I'm not I'm not sure what the most productive thing to focus on is. Look, yesterday, regional council meeting went seven hours. The meeting for some reason starts at 6:30 and went until 1 a.m. Um, for two and a half hours, they talked about Ramsar designation, which is some sort of ceremonial designation for the Niagara River. It seems like a substantive discussion that you would expect a municipality to have to engage in. But considering the other material in the agenda, um, the timing was mismanaged. For the two and a half hours was devoted to a topic which they deferred, and then there was no time. So the, there was uh, two delegates. There was actually a couple of anti-masker delegates um, who spoke, I think, quite well and effectively. And I think that they should be, you should, you know, I should draw a clip on it. We should, we should look at what they have to say at some point. You Probably should also, you were the first guy to say I'm not anti-mask. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm I, not... I will amend my statements now to say fuck masks. And fuck you for wearing I them. Thought you, oh, okay, okay because a couple months ago you said, you know, I'm not anti-mask. I'm just not that wearing one. You want to wear one, then that's fine. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's hugs over masks position, okay. which I think is a reasonable discourse position to have when you're trying to have a debate with people. Like, hey, you have your right. I have my rights. Yeah. Okay. Masks my body, my choice. <laughs> masks are hazardous. So I do not. I am now in the position 
where I would like to see masks banned. I think that masks should be banned, that the exemptions should be medical exemptions if you have to wear a mask. And who, who has to wear a mask? No one, no one. Masks should be banned. Um, so, I mean, in September of 2020, yeah, I was pro-choice uh, about masks. It's, uh, it's 2021, fuck masks. Sorry about using the F word on your show, Jim. I know that it's, uh, <laughs> no, that's my view. Look, I, Thing I don't and I don't touch vaccine issues. I just I can't touch touch vaccine issues. Uh, vaccine issues. Don't touch them. Why? I'm not an epidemiologist. Uh, you don't have to. Again, be. I. You don't have to be. How many? How many? Uh, how many issues can one man represent? You know, how many different opinions <laughs> can them. a guy have? All of them. All. Yeah, you can oh, have an opinion on everything, dude. My goodness, I'm not running for president. I'm just trying to be persuasive on something, mm. you know? And so that's why I, I try to not go uh, the full gamut of, of political discourse. But here we are, you know, really can't avoid it. I try to be focused. My social media is just ridiculously focused. You know, it's it's I only produce specific pieces of media and... And, and they're very local, they're very specific. I try to create unique content, original content. Um, I don't engage in any signal boosting pretty much at all about any issue. I only, I only entirely focus on original content that I produce locally. So WTF Niagara has that stuff. Pretty much everyone watching at this point knows that. Um, I, I'm not sure what the most productive thing for us. You, you, Earlier in this conversation, you mentioned uh, you support the region, you cancel the region, defund the region, and I, I like that stance. Obviously, there's, I think that's an important debate that needs to be raised because, well, I mean, obviously we need some sort of regional municipality, but the way things are going, it's it seems dysfunctional. So I, mean, well, I was talking about that seven-hour meeting last my night. My point is you don't actually need a regional municipality. You actually don't. Actually, it's it's harmful because it's more distant. Well, how else are we going to have a regional bus? Uh, no, that's a service that's the only provider. Way, Jim. No, no, you have a service provider that's got an elected board of directors. Maybe sure. I don't know how. It, I, I'm going to ask Diodati to steel man that argument because I'm tired of this. This is you want Diodati to sell you on having the region when when Niagara Falls. I, I think it would be an interesting question to ask again? Jim live to ask him to steel man the argument of disband the region. Why we don't need it. And how we could benefit from You want him to give you the best argument to get rid yeah, of Yeah, I region? think he's intelligent enough to think on his feet to, and I hope, see both sides That's of it. That's not the argument you need to beat. Huh? You need to beat the best argument for Listen, why we no, have No, 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 no. Jim Diodati's probably number one. Uh, he's like, besides Senzik, they're probably like running for first place for one Niagara. I could be wrong on this, but one Niagara was a big, big movement not long ago. And it's dead now. Everyone thought Ford was going to come in and amalgamate all the cities into one huge friggin' super city. That would be the worst thing ever. And I'm glad that Ford backed off that. 
And I'll give him props for that. I'm not a huge Ford fan, but I was really happy. Two things. No elected chair. I wasn't a big fan of that. I like the way they selected around the horseshoe. Okay. Maybe it's backroom boys, whatever. I, I, I don't care. I'm okay with it. I don't need another bureaucratic position with hundreds of thousands of dollars of campaign funds to get reelected across the province. Uh, uh, you know, and plus the big cities benefit most from from their candidates that they support because they have the population to support with the votes. So I was uh, I was really happy with two things. One, he didn't amalgamate the region. Everyone thought he was going to go to three cities or whatever. I had a meeting with Sam Oosterhoff on this. He took my meeting knowing who I was. He spent an hour, a half an hour with me in his constituency office, and he was so straight and so frank. And I had met uh, Sam before, actually. My a friend of mine debated Sam, and we had something to eat after. We were in the same bar afterwards. Um, I would say we went for drinks, but Sam doesn't drink. So we like we were outside. Greg took him outside, and he came back, and he's like, well, "I fired all the questions at him. He passed. I'm sorry. He's 20 years old, but like, he like." I'm not a conservative. I don't agree with everything, but I I drilled this guy with all my questions and fuck, he answered them all right. So I already had some respect for Sam, you know, and then to see him get, I've also got to call out to Sam. Somebody get me Sam. I do have an official request to get Sam. Uh, He seems to be okay at making his own news, so maybe he doesn't want to come on my show, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Jim took a stand. I told him that. I talked to him the other day on the phone. Um, just like I did Billsma, they wanted to talk to me before we took to a live interview. And Jim actually wanted to give me a chance to back out. He says, I'm coming at you this way, <laughs> okay? And if you're not comfortable with it, I'm giving you a chance to, <laughs> I'm like, well, you think you scare me? <laughs> I can handle you, Jim. You're going to shine some light. I know you. We know each other. We've had great conversations before. And you know what's going to, well, I'm not going to promise this because Billsma was a little bit more vanilla. That's his, that's his way, you know what I mean? He's, but. Jim's got a little bit more abrasiveness to him and I have some issues that I'm comfortable going at Jim at right and uh one I told him on the phone the other night I'm like hey um be careful about you white knighting about me too much well I know he said some outrageous things but I'm I want to go lights shine some light in these dark corners like he was like agreeing with them when he said oh he's accused of uh, medical misinformation and uh, misogynistic comments and what they call incendiary comments I I gotta look that but that word doesn't sound good though Uh, Bob Cowan thank you hey have me on the show you think I'm incendiary homophobic, bigoted, uh, misogynistic, have me on the show. I, I'll give you five minutes and you realize that I'm big. I'm just a big, sensitive boob. And I get carried away. I get passionate. I, I know what I'm passionate about because I broadcast about it a lot. So now I'm rambling. Maybe a little. I feel like the Muppet just took me with the cane and took me off the chain, off the stage. Uh, so anyway, I don't know what I'm blathering about now, but... Uh, Props to Jim for standing up. And well, we're talking at, about the region. We're talking about Jim yeah. and, and Niagara Falls in the region. And I'll ground the conversation by pointing out a few Thank facts. You. Thank you. Um, oh, pointed so this out before prior. There's there's uh, seven regional councillors from St. Catharines, uh, four from Niagara Falls, and each of the other municipalities, I believe, have two each. Uh, look it up. 
The point is, St. Catharines has the largest block of voting power um, in the region. And if we look at the, I mean, this is what I said to you uh, the first time I was on the show, I called them the St. Catharines Cabal, and they're an influence, they're an influence group uh, who, who wields influence uh, both within St. Catharines and outside of St. Catharines, um, you know, twisting Niagara Falls' arms or whatever else. It's all, it's both political, economic, ideological. Actually, it's really hard to tell what the incentives are for the St. Catharines cabal. Maybe it's just petty power. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have all the answers. Um, but what I've observed is that St. Catharines is calling the shots for Niagara region and Niagara Falls is, I think, I think Jim Diodati makes pragmatic decisions and I've learned to respect that. Um, a lot of us anti-maskers want strident, uh, energized leadership. Um, you know, and we respect Dave Bilesma for his, his clear, his clear positions, but you know, there's a lot of considerations when you're the mayor of Niagara Falls. There's a lot of considerations. So I, I'm just, all I'm saying is I'm trying to be uh, um, understanding. Uh, I'm a lot less understanding of Walter Senzik at this point, although maybe they all have just simply taken the knee to something more powerful than them. Um, and they're all pragmatic, picking their battles, choosing, oh, well, I can't really... We'll all be crucified in the media, and there is no alternative media. Uh, I mean, there's us, <laughs> but there is no other, you know, St. Catherine Standard and the right wing version of it. No, doesn't exist. So, you, so, so there's only the agenda. They have to go with the agenda, which is why I mean, I've been more. So when I was at Brock, I was critical of student media having harmed student government and now that i'm focused on the region it's the same i'm, I'm focused on the re on the media and how it influences government yeah yeah usually i can i can hear the the cadence in someone's voice when they're wrapping up but once in a while they just stop and i'm like oh okay you're done now <laughs> that's what happened to me last <laughs> night too I was just like, I'm done. Did you go I'm done talking? Did you. you pop at the end when you were, you just stopped? And you know, I heard a pop. Maybe that was, well, it, maybe it was, it was Rob Foster turning his, huh? I had about five more paragraphs. Oh, um, I was going to lay into the one more point, which was that the only thing we're going to learn from this motion was who thinks they benefit from the media. So anyone who votes in favor of that motion are saying, well, the media is good for me. And anyone who votes against it says the media is bad for me. So Diodati and Bilsma, they would vote against it. So just to be clear, and, to be clear, to be clear, that's for my uh, letter Kenny friend, to be, to be fair, that's it, to be fair. Um, this was an ambiguous, this, this whole presentation that you made before council the other day was brought on by an ambiguous motion that what? They were trying to ask the federal government to create a, 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 a friendly environment for the media? Is that what the thing said, basically? That's right. They wanted, 
wanted to urge the federal government to quickly pass legislation to improve the economic health of struggling media entities. Oh, the economic um, health. Like, in, like Justin Trudeau hasn't given his favorite media outlets enough money yet? They want what? They want the, the standard... $600 million yeah. is mentioned in the, in the motion. It's like, yeah, you already threw $600 million at it. Let's do some more. And look, Jim Bradley is a liberal. Is that correct? Yes. Liberal party. Liberal. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think it's reasonable to ask what's the federal objectives of this motion. I mean, all of the problems present, all of the solutions. This is Bradley's motion too. Solutions. I don't, I don't know motive, but like. No, this is Bradley's this motion. This. Motion. He brought the motion, right? Yeah, he brought the motion. The chair that's can right. bring motions. Man, I'm so out of the loop as far as that's Robert's why rules or that's whatever. why they set the that's why the that's other guy was chair. Down, Foster huh? was it when uh, when I spoke? Just because it's uh, does it seem like they're not and, even and hiding the, the ball anymore? Experience. They're not even hide, trying to hide the ball anymore. They're like in plain sight. And well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. We better. We better. We better act right, or they're going to talk about it on the Jim Fannin show. <laughs> we better make sure we get our shit together, folks, or the Jim Fannin show is going to rake us over the coals. <laughs> you know, the region is very, uh, you know, kind of with impunity. So there's, I mean, we, we didn't even touch touch what happened in the meeting in this in this conversation, but um, you know, they passed the math spy law in a in a twist and. Uh, uh, it just drives, it just drives you crazy. It's so uh, mind-numbing that no wonder people tune out. And maybe I'll make this point, that uh, it takes so much energy to give substantive, informed response that no wonder people resort to negative language like fuck off. They, they don't literally, I'm sacrificing time with my family and my job in order to make smart, informed responses to check the facts, to look, go, check my assumptions, try to make a good comment, uh, and still, you know, and so no wonder people resort to negative comments. But it's just, it's uh, it's expensive. It's, it's emotionally expensive to take things seriously. Yeah, it's um, taxing. No wonder, especially when it doesn't turn out to be, like, effective. Taxing, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, well... <laughs> There's not too many that are standing up to it, and some would look at this motion and go, hmm, how does it affect my life? You know, my mother had a pretty good point when she repeatedly yep. beat me over the head in a manager's role probably at my real estate office because she was a manager at Raymax Garden City for years, and we worked for her brokerage, basically, that she managed. It wasn't her brokerage, but she was the manager, and... She'd come into my office, and I'd be on the phone, and I'd be sitting there with the phone, like, not talking. She'd go, what are you doing? i go, I'm on hold with Tom McConnell. I'm going on the air. And she'd say, well, that's not going to sell any houses. Get off the phone. But hang up and start making some cold calls and make some money. And her, her basic message was this. Who cares who's the mayor? Who cares who is the federal government? Who cares about these laws that you think you're all passionate about? Who cares about anything? Go to work. Make money. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about it. 
It doesn't concern you. You can't control it. So just go be selfish and take care of yourself. Man, those words kind of haunt me because my passions are drawing me all to things that... I'm not getting rich by doing podcasts. I'm not becoming popular. I'm not, you know... Oh, you know, I don't listen to my podcast over and over and over because I like the sound of my voice. I never listen to my shows. I don't even know what I say on my shows afterwards. I am not a big fan of my stuff, but I keep coming back to this as like, well, this is, this is my calling. This is what I'm, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm called to do. And whether it's making fun of politicians or having trashy language or you know, crying on the, you know, making myself vulnerable and going like, I'm all fucked up over here, dude. I'm just like you guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I got a, I got this men's group on uh, Thursday mornings and they, um, constantly remind me I'm not, I'm not special. It's really grounding. Like you think what you're going through and, and it's in a loving way, right? And it's helpful because I'm really not. I'm not, everyone's feeling pain now. I'm not special. I'm not the only one, you know? But I also am pretty good at at least recognizing what I love to do and what I seem to be good at. And whatever, here I am. So I feel this pull, this uh, corporate and communal responsibility to call out these turkeys. And sometimes, yeah, it gets messy with the language. And sometimes I'm not proud of that. But anyway, I'm blathering now. I was wow, just giving you a that's break. That's the maybe second or third time I've heard that story about about what your mom thinks about politics. And oh. I think she has a reasonable point to make. We need to keep. We need to take care of our home base before you know. Mm-hmm. Even you know, as Jordan Peterson says, clean your room, mm-hmm. and then and then take on the outside world. So I mean, that's all. That's all true, but, you know, I basically tuned out of politics. I think the masking is something that really tuned me in because it literally affects society in a way that this isn't your typical, who, how, what's your tax rate, or these are very intimate uh, and influential um, regulations. I guess the struggle is, yeah, well, did you stop it from happening? And I guess we didn't. We didn't stop the mask mandates. Uh, one could say that we wasted our time. I don't necessarily think so. I think that we're representing ourselves, and it, that reflected reflects in representing others, our supporters. Right. Um, so there's value to that. As long as we put ourselves in our passion objectives, uh, the the things that were motivated through basically because of moral imperative motivated to engage in this way um it needs to be in context um in perspective of the rest of our lives you know for me personally i um i need to be focusing on work more than i have been um i just have to be i have projects to finish i have i have products and i'm I'm proud of them i want to i would like to be able to represent myself as as more than a media critic um that's really, it's like, you criticize the media? That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more I could do with myself. I want to be a computer programmer. Yeah, okay. I am a computer hey, programmer. Shandor, I have products. 
tell me something. I don't want to get too personal. It's certainly putting you on the spot, but 10 years from now, Shelby still standing beside you strongly. Your son's turning 11. Who are you and what are you about? What do you see yourself a decade from now? I know it's tough, but and not, I'm not talking about the fairy tale story. I'm talking about like you have a trajectory. You have a talent. And where do you think you are 10 years from now? What do you think you're doing? Do you think you're paying attention to this stuff? I, I, I don't know. I mean, other than being prime minister of Canada, I have no idea. It's hard. It's hard to say, Jim. I mean, obviously, the next year of our of our life is already in flux. The very definition of our society is in flux. Uh, when you ask me about ten years from now, I'm flooded with anxiety uh, about all of the challenges that we face. Um, it's a great question because it asks me to envision what uh, what no matter what what it'll look like for me. Um, and it's like it's kind of like a default answer, isn't it? You want I want what one would want, which is safety, comfort, and security for my family. Um, a sense that the the world we're, we're giving the next generation has uh, equality of opportunity and freedoms to so that each person, including my children, can pursue that. Um, I think it's the best way I can answer the question. I mean, 10 years from now is 10 years ago compared to 10 years from now is like half your life. I've been through, I'm 37. I've been oh, through quite a okay. bit. I thought you were um, a lot younger than that. I, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit older than, uh, than you thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd like to be successful. Jennifer, thank you. How can you envision when we have no idea if we'll be full-on communist country. <laughs> well, I don't know who said that on the comments, but Jennifer newsflash, we are full-on communist country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not even a country. I, I can uh, it's only, not a country. I can only hope that the pendulum evident, or eventually swings back and I'm talking about the political pendulum from the left to the right. Although, well, I mean, we probably had equal, but I mean, the conservatives act a lot like the liberals these days. And I know when the pendulum swings, people get hurt in the process. And, but it seems like we take turns. We go too far left. We come too far. Well, I don't think we've ever gone too far right. I mean, we don't have an absolutely capitalist system from the standpoint of free market where there's no regulation. So there is, you know, the idea of government and regulation and taxation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're never going to get away from that. And those, those are lefty policies, especially the, as they grow, right? Taxation grows, government grows, the conservatives saying, uh -uh, no, smaller government. And I constantly make this point that the political spectrum is comprised of the moderate middle. And the moderate middle is about 97% of us, liberals and conservatives that share values. And it's only the radicals on the 
edges on the extremes where the bell curve is really flat down at the bottom we're all up in here all the fat part there's 97 percent of us and we forget that the one and two percent of the radicals are on the right and left are, are so few in number and i'm waiting for the day that the majority the silent majority in the middle liberals and conservatives that have more in common than these goofballs on the left and right on the radical ends realize that we need to take action i don't know if that's voting for one government or what it looks like but i guess i have a some sort of faith left that the system will take care of itself like we're going to shift ideologically i think where we're going now with big tech controlling the narrative i think there was serious issues with interference in the u.s elections on a number of levels the media is corrupt and biased there's so much left wing of it out there i didn't really see it before but in 1993 when i ran my first green party election the left wasn't cuckoo (laughs) they stood for free speech you know they stood for a lot of socialist things but they weren't radical socialists they weren't radical lefties now the green party of ontario as recently as a few years ago just before i had mike schreiner on the on the show i was communicating with amy at the head office and her signature said we need to help women in politics we need to remove the barriers for women in politics and i said point to one point to one she gave me a bunch of articles about a bunch of stuff there's no one law that prevents a woman from getting into it's not like they need more signatures or more like we don't they're not i mean they're special they give life they need protection they don't need special treatment you know we're not equal men and women i wish we'd stop pretending we are it's just a fact Women are so much better <laughs> things that I would never attempt. And I'm way oh, better oh, than women at some things. Like, it just, we're designed differently. I'm not saying, saying we shouldn't be treated equally under the law and there shouldn't be discrimination, but we're not equal. Can we stop trying to make us equal? I like what you said. Misogynist Jim Fannin says that women are better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, they get like... Who, it doesn't take a a rocket surgeon to go, oh, they give life? That's worth protecting, man. That is worth enshrining in like a holy place. Like I make my contribution, but women have a special place in the upbringing of our children. Who wouldn't have mad respect for that? Like, and that's the thing. That saying I'm misogynistic is just... It's outrageous. It makes me laugh. But, you know, once in a while, somebody close to you lays a bomb on you. Like, well, don't you think you're kind of racist? I'm like, you want to say that again in my house? I mean, there's no conversation after that for me, for the people that are closest to me. If you don't know me, you say whatever. It rolls off my back. But when you're close to me, you got a chance to hurt me. And if you, get, you use that chance to go, I don't know, what <laughs> like, who do you go to then when you're when your partner or somebody you know i don't have a partner but i mean 
when somebody close in your life goes, uh, yeah, well, you, you are all that that they're saying. I'm like, oh, fuck. You got to go. Bye. <laughs> I'm done with this. Not done with this, but that's the throwback to Shandor. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover about the meeting last night? I think that there should be some questions, you know, about Chair Bradley and, and how he organized the meeting. I mean, looking at the meeting, I'm, I'm, I'm just didn't look. They, they passed four bylaws after midnight. And while saying, oh, there's no time, rush it through, and they're all tired. One of them asks, what's for breakfast? Um, why does this meeting need to go seven and a half, seven hours? Like, it didn't need to go that long. That is an indication to me that there's an issue there. What, whether a couple of guys like me and you can clean up their act, I don't know. But, you know, we're, we're entitled to our point of view about it, and that's what we do. And I'm not sure if there's solutions. Uh, abolishing the region <laughs> sounds sounds like a 10-year mission. So that's the main answer. It's 2031, and you and I have just planted our flag over the charred ruins of Niagara region. That's where we'll be. <laughs> oh, man. I think you took a leak. I think Jim Fan is taking a leak right now. I'm on alone with you fine people. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we're probably going to wrap this up pretty quick. I'm right here, brother. I'm right here. Oh, you're here still? I, stretching I thought you out. were off leaking. No, just stretching you out and seeing how if you'd panic or not. <laughs> you held strong. Uh, nicely done, brother. I appreciate you uh, presenting last night. I know it takes a lot out of you. Most The emotional uh, toll is significant. If you're like me... I used to be a caller to the Tom McConnell show. Just thinking about calling Tom McConnell show makes my pits like, see, I'm dry. I'm normally dry. If I, if I spend 45 seconds and just fantasizing of calling the station and what I'm going to say, my heart rate goes up and I, my pits get soaked. <laughs> like it takes a lot out of me, man. And I think my like a normal reaction. Dude, I'm pretty sure I have my shirt on back. Like, backwards <laughs> okay i did take it off that's the times. kind of show it's been tonight folks <laughs> is that, i should change right here on that no i won't do that i'm far in. too hairy for this. Out with Jim i'm just looking at uh yeah dude what it, that really looks like a seam you're yeah. a you're mentally deficient dude <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate your time. I appreciate yeah. you doing what you did yesterday. Uh, I had well. no idea that I would have. I didn't get stressed. That you would have. I was stressed even... going in, but afterwards, it was one of the few times I had a feeling of uh, that I had done a good job. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had missed any points or misrepresented myself. Uh, I'm more stressed out talking to you, Jim. <laughs> 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 been good to good to have you. Let's uh let's talk again. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Send hate mail to you. <laughs> like and subscribe. Point what do you say? See, okay, look at that. See how quickly I did that? How's that? Oh, wow. <laughs> what a jackass. I shouldn't have even drawn any attention to it. Um 
I'm gonna if do you didn't it. draw any attention to it, we never would have known. <laughs> no, somebody would have realized it. Yeah, I'm glad I caught it. Um, I did my interview with Bill Smith the other day. Strangely, it did not make the news. Hmm. The cancel culture, the attempt at cancel culture was front page above the fold. This guy. Like, I've been front page above the fold a few times, mainly for political uh, coverage, I think. I used to get pretty good coverage from the standard, and uh, Grant LaFleche used to cover me favorably. Matthew Van Dodgen, Calvin Reed. I go back, many reporters always had good relations with them. I like it a lot because it gives me an opportunity to point out the hypocrisy, the failures, and that there is a, there's a different way of doing things. And back in the day, it was the Green Party that was talking about proportional representation. You know, we shouldn't have 37% minority support of the electorate form a majority government with no opposition. That was Harper. I wasn't conservative at the time. I hated Harper. Now we've got Justin Trudeau in a minority situation in bed with the NDP and it might as well be majority because he's pushing through everything. Even Paul, Jack Layton held a gun, to figurative gun, to Paul Martin's head to get what he wanted and then ultimately pulled the plug and forced the election that brought us Stephen Harper. I'm pretty sure that how it went down. I was a big Paul Martin fan. He was uh, monetarily one of our best finance ministers, I think. Anyway, I um, never thought I'd say this, but I'm feeling the pull to the feds, the federal election. I'm not sure in what capacity yet, but I don't know how I can stand down again now that I've grown up a little. I'm red-pilled in a way that I think is healthy for me. I'm pretty happy with my positions on most things. I'm still pretty fluid on capital punishment. I still kind of think no man has the right to take another man's life. But then I have the, you know, there are certain segments of society that are irredeemable. But I still don't think you should be able to kill him. I've shifted on that, and I'm still fluid on that. But I want more women born. And I'm talking to Matea Murda on the 31st at noon. That's next Wednesday, the day after Jim Diodati, who's here at 4 p.m. on the 30th. And she's working with the UN, and she's doing a live event discussing selective sex abortion you would never think that babies are aborted in Canada only because they're female but it happens and I'm not I'm not suffering from a fantasy that I'm going to end abortion but I'd like to end the late term stuff we don't have a law in Canada and with all the censorship with all the virtue signaling with gun laws and vaccines and masks and lockdowns I don't see how I can stay out of this and point to the absolute failure that the liberal government 
has been. And I fully believe that the way the conservatives are acting right now, the liberals stand to win a majority in the next election, no matter when it is. Because Justin appears to be Teflon so far. Nothing sticks to him. So that's all I got to say about that. Is that all you have to say? Well, I feel like you're exhausted. Do I have to end the show now? Are you going to say something? (laughs) No, I I was just like, that was a lot. That was a lot of uh, material you just covered there. I covered a whole waterfront of, of issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's good to talk to you. We don't really have much direction on what we're going to speak to uh, for the rest of the I evening. I think we covered it. Uh, so might as well wrap it up. Um, right. I hope that this has been useful to people, uh, at least entertaining. Uh, get to know us a little bit. Um, obviously, people have their own views about these issues. And, well, uh, thank God it's Friday. Mama, please don't worry about me. <laughs> Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Here's how you find them on fake book. Shandor Liggett Falvey. I'm getting better at saying the name. I'm good. Here is where he's at on the Twitter. Punch him up. Uh, WTF Niagara. And then you get a Facebook page too. WTF. Uh, you could probably get to it here from your uh, say hello to Shelby for me. Tell her I love her. Uh, man, that child. We need a visit with the wife and kid. Uh, I'm more concerned with hanging with the kid. Bye. It'd be great Spring to see Shelby as well. Uh, appreciate your time, brother. Uh, it is 841 on a beautiful Friday evening. I hope that you and your family are well, Shandor. And I hope that you watching out there are good. Paul Layton, what's up? Love you too, brother. Uh, moon, uh, moon goddess, jit, jituska, jit, jit, jituska, yatushka, yatushka. Okay, okay, all right. Settle. I think actually I don't know. Settle the hell down, moon goddess. That's all I'll say. I hope you're a a, a woman. <laughs> because day. Good night, folks. Jennifer Marco, thank you for coming out and for the comments. Uh, these are all Facebook comments here. Uh, we did have some D-Live. No Twitch tonight. Francis Patricia Fawcett, what up? Thank you for coming out, for commenting. Layton, Layton's always a huge supporter. Um, you can find me right where you're watching me now. But here's the rundown. Smash. Smash that like button. Share, subscribe. Patreon.com slash free speech. You can become my third Patreon. I only got two Patreons in the last week. I never had one before. Well, I think it's because my page wasn't public. Dork. I finally made my page public. published my page. Uh, If you want to make a contribution, I don't beg for money. But if you go to uh, PayPal, I'm realestateatteamniagara.ca there. Go straight into my bank account. Woo-hoo. My uh, web guy loves that. I have a donation for 500 bucks next week to go straight to the website. You guys, you guys says, I'll give you 500 towards the website if you want. Like, whoa. Facebook, Twitter, wow. YouTube, Gab, Me, We, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Telegram, Parlor, Twitter, Clubhouse, Signal, PayPal, Patreon. Dude, if you can't find me, I'm everywhere. 
What else we got here? New messages. Moon goddess. Have a great weekend, you too. Paul Layton thinks moon goddess is a goddess. I love you, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for watching. Peace. Love. Hug your neighbor. And whatever you do, take that filthy, dirty diaper off your breathing apparatus. It's killing you. And it's not accomplishing anything else. I'm going to end the stream, but we're going to stay on, Shandor, if you don't mind. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I got to pay. We are.